You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hot, hot, hike! Welcome back to another episode of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl, and obviously if you've followed along recently, you know we're kind of going through the draft picks beyond that number nine. The Bears have the number nine pick, but there's a lot of good guys in this draft and a lot of holes that the Bears need to fill. Um, So we are joined today by Andy Greeter. He's a sports writer at St. Paul Pioneer Press covering the Gophers. Um, So obviously when you hear that, uh, you should know we are here to talk about interior offensive lineman John Michael Schmitz. He's the center for it. He was the center for Minnesota. So Andy, thanks so much for hopping on with me. I really appreciate it. Um, I know things are kind of crazy as now we're just a few weeks, exactly, I guess, three weeks from the draft. So let's just hop right into this. Uh, Schmitz, he was on campus for a couple years before he took over that starting role in 2019 at the center position. So what what were the reasonings for it to take a little bit of time for him to get to that starting role? Was it already having talent there, coaches needing to see a little bit more? What do you think? Yeah, well, I think when you when we talk about John Michael Schmitz, you have to go back to him coming out of Flossmoor High School uh, in Illinois and how he was committed to P.J. Fleck at, at Western uh, Michigan. So he was initially going to be a, a MAC-level uh, lineman. So he needed a little bit of time uh, to get up to the Big Ten-type level, which is pretty natural. You don't see a lot of interior uh, or any sort of offensive linemen unless they're a five-star blue chipper come in right away and start at the Big Ten in the trenches. That's just not something that, that typically happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, during the bye week in 2019, which was, uh, if, if fans don't know, uh, was a, a banner year for the Gophers. They, they won 11 games. They upset Penn State. They went to the Outback Bowl and beat Auburn. And uh, they were struggling a little bit uh, at the beginning of that year. And John Michael Schmitz came in and took over at center and kind of paralleled their rise uh, in the Big Ten season. Um, you know, he's he's a real gritty, uh, tough player who's great in the Gophers' zone blocking scheme. And since that time has really kind of asserted himself as not only a starter on this team, but later on an All-American and, and a Remington Award uh, finalist and, you know, a, kind of a borderline first and, and likely second round draft pick. So it's been a, a great story for the Gophers. A great story for John Michael Schmidt to come in initially thinking he was going to a Mac school mm-hmm. and making the jump to the Big Ten and being one of the best players in the country. Yeah, that's really cool. And then now looking at a potential early second round, mid second round pick um, in the NFL draft. So obviously the expectations for him right now when people are talking about him is that he could start pretty soon in the NFL and be pretty success- successful uh, jumping in there at the pro level. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think he could be an immediate starter on a line in the pros? 
Uh, I, I do think so. I think, you know, a comparison that's not too far away is Tyler Linderbaum, mm-hmm. who won the Remington two years ago, who played at Iowa, who was drafted by Baltimore, and he played right away in his rookie year. Uh, I don't think the moment would be too big for him. Um, I think he has, uh, you know, a good makeup, a good size, a good toughness. Uh, I don't see it, it being too big for him. Um, but it, it really depends on, on the right fit and, and where they, uh, you know, have him going. You know, if he's a, a second-round pick or maybe even a late first-round pick, you know, that's obviously showing a high level of value and need uh, for him. So he'd probably be coming into a spot where he'd be expected to play right away, which is usually what you have in a top 60 pick. Yeah, definitely. And that's what the, the Bears, obviously, there's the offensive line was – probably their biggest weakness outside of maybe defensive line last season both both sides of the trenches were just really bad but Justin Fields got sacked 55 times and when you're looking at it you don't you do not want that to happen again and the center was a major aspect in that Sam Mustafer went to Notre Dame he was the center last year played almost every single snap it just it just didn't go very well and so you mentioned Linderbaum that was a name that the Bears fans were kind of clamoring for last season didn't get him obviously but when you're looking at Minnesota's offensive line they were known they're offensive line it was a very physical offensive line which kind of embodies the way that the Bears play when they play the game on both sides um, so the guys that they have drafted for the line the last couple years and Braxton Jones and Tevin Jenkins um, a lot of those guys seem to have that kind of mauler mentality Schmidt's obviously a big part of the Minnesota offensive line the last couple seasons would you say that's a characteristic of him also yeah I think you know Brian Callahan is the Gophers offensive line coach and he's from Chicago as well, and uh, you know, recruited John Michael Schmitz both to Western and to Minnesota. And you know, he, I think he takes a lot of pride in, in talking about his kind of Chicago toughness, his South Side toughness. I did a feature story on John Michael Schmitz uh, at the end of last year, and, and he's got a uh, above ground pool at the family home. And you know, you, you think about that, and you're like, okay. And they've got like a, a portable uh, basketball hoop mm-hmm. kind of at the side of the outdoor <laughs> or the above ground pool. And you look at that, you think about that scene and you're like, okay, it must be kind of a relaxing spot to, you know, wade in the water and get a few shots up. But yeah. That was a, a very uh, physical battleground for John Michael and his, and his <laughs> brother uh, who played college football as well and is still playing college football. And it was kind of no hold barred you know, basketball, wrestling, kind of combo, scratching, clawing, anything you could do uh, for a bucket. There were no, there were no fouls uh, given in that, in that type of swimming pool (laughs) basketball game that they played. And I think it was just, it's just a great anecdote to kind of how he grew up, uh, how he was raised. He's got a a great family uh, in Chicago. Uh, His mom uh, has an interesting background. She, you know, worked a bunch of jobs. She delivered pizza. She, you know, rescues puppies. She, you know, is very connected in the community and she's uh, the type of woman who stands up for her son and and will do anything for him and and let you know exactly how she feels about him. And and John Michael also has a soft side and and calls his mother every single night. And when I talked to Deborah, uh, his mom, I asked him, are you serious? Every single (laughs) night a college kid calls you and says how you're doing? And And she's like, yeah. There might be one or two nights where he doesn't, but uh, just the consistency that he that he calls his mom and says goodnight to her and kind of has that toughness and that soft side mm-hmm. and that good character 
uh, he really is kind of setting up to be the full package at the NFL level. I love that. And it's funny because a, a couple of days ago, there was also a picture that went viral of him at the White Sox game. So obviously Bears fans were immediately like, oh, he'll fit right in, like come along. I'm a Cubs fan personally, so it's not my favorite, but I can tolerate it. Um, so it's it's interesting because when you go back to this last season – Andy, I think a game a lot of people talk about was that Michigan State game. Um, Schmitz kind of led the led the line in that team uh, and that for the team that game. Um, they got they had 240 rushing yards, 268 passing yards, uh, 32 first downs, and they didn't allow any sacks in that game. Now, obviously, you're looking at an entire offensive line being a part of that, but looking beyond the what traits do you see that Schmitz? Does he have the traits that are the, the leadership role in that? And was he a part of that aspect, especially in a game like that? Yeah, that was one of their, uh, you know, most dominating games of the year. Um, and he's, you know, he's been a captain for a number of years. He's the, he's obviously the center. He obviously handles the line calls and mm-hmm. you know, he's really been a leader in the, in the offensive line meeting room. Um, so yeah, I, I certainly don't feel like he, uh, will shy away from a leadership role. I think that's just kind of inherent in, in the center spot and, and making IDs and checks and, and all of the things that are asked of, of an offensive line and, and especially a center being a, a good communicator and a, and a good leader. I, you know, I, I think, you know, when you look back at last year, the Gophers ran the ball, um, you know, very well. They had Mohammed Ibrahim, who was an all American tailback and they, you know, they ran the ball, I think 70% of the time. And, mm-hmm. I think that was, you know, partially due to some issues they had in the passing game, um, but it was also a testament to what John Michael and 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 Mo were able to do in the running game and really being two All-Americans, uh, which is not a, a common occurrence uh, for the Gophers. You know, they might have an All-American, you know, every you know five or so years, but to have two of them and two of them that with the skill set that matches up so well, I think that's why you saw them have so much success. I really think the Iowa game is probably the, the best, uh, you know, kind of indicativeness of, of John Michael Schmitz. You know, the Gophers uh, ran the ball at will against the incredibly strong Iowa defense. You know, Michigan State defense was not nearly as good as Iowa's. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Gophers you know, ran the ball very consistently, knowing that, uh, you know, Iowa was trying to stop it and they had an All-American Jack Campbell at at, uh, at middle linebacker and, and John Michael, you know, locked helmets with him multiple times. And I think, you know, that was the type of rivalry game where it's kind of all on the line and it's good on good. And, and uh, John Michael uh, was up to the challenge in, in a big rivalry game there. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Now tell me, Andy, a little bit about, because obviously I'm not super familiar with the offensive playing style. You mentioned the run game, obviously, but John Michael would be in front of Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a very mobile quarterback. He likes to move. They, they, they do a lot of play calling around his ability to run the ball. We're hoping this year we see a little more passing after adding DJ Moore and maybe another guy in the draft. But last year it was just not happening. They, they really relied on the run game and a lot. Justin Fields had 1,100 yards on his legs. Do you think that he – is there any familiar, familiarity with that aspect to the game or is that be, would that be something he'd be learning? Uh, no, I mean, the Gophers ideally, um, you know, had a kind of a run pass option type offense okay. and it's not dissimilar to what, you know, the bears have done, you know, John Michael, uh, I think really impressed at the senior bowl, uh, with his mobility is a, you know, his, his, uh, um, you know, athleticism to get to the second level, uh, you know, in, in a zone blocking type scheme. Um, he certainly impressed in, in the screen game and being able to get out in space and, block on the second and even third level. Um, so I don't see that being a, a, an issue for him at the next level. So when you're evaluating offensive linemen, it's probably one of the harder positions to evaluate, especially for someone like myself, who's not a um, offensive line guru. I can watch film. And obviously for me, when I'm looking at numbers, you just don't want your quarterback getting sacked. You don't want penalties, things like that. But there's so many other in-depth pieces when you're looking at offensive linemen. And we talked a lot about the good stuff. Is there anything you could think of that John Michael needs to improve on the most that you would expect to happen once he reaches the NFL level with those coaches? Um, you know, nothing, you know, really jumps out to me. You know, he, I think he, you know, maybe gave up, you know, one or two sacks last year and, you know, a thousand or so snaps, something like that. Mm -hmm. So he was, he was very strong uh, in the passing game as well. You know, the Gophers are one of the least penalized teams in the country and John Michael, you know, didn't have any sort of issues when it came to, to holding calls or, or false starts or, or anything like that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I wonder, you know, he's, he's, he's not the biggest guy, but I don't think you want the biggest guy mm -hmm. as, as your type of center. So I, I think that he showed out well at the senior bowl against some of the best interior defensive linemen. Um, so I think that, you know, kind of adjusting to the next level and the, and the size that he'll see, uh, opposite the ball. I, I think that he'll be able to adjust there. I think there's, you know, a lot of confidence that he is a legitimate top 60 type, you know, prospect. And I've heard the, the Jets and the Giants as some of the most likely teams uh, to pick him. You know, the Giants had their offensive line coach at the Gophers Pro Day. You know, that's usually a, a sign that uh, somebody's interested if you're mm -hmm. sending a position coach there and, and you're putting them through, you know, individual drills. You know, I think that's been something that we've seen for the Gophers in the past is when there's a position coach there, you know, you kind of can, can connect those dots and that's panned out in the past. So, you know, where the Giants and the Jets, um, coincidentally, two New York teams uh, have picks is, is kind of in that second round. Um, so if the Bears, if the Bears want them, that might be the primary competition that they have. Yeah, and that's what uh, last one for you before I let you go, Andy, because that was kind of leading to my next question is, is where we possibly see him going because the Bears have the number nine pick, obviously, and I don't see it 
him going there. Um, they're looking at probably another offensive line position, which makes it even more interesting because do you go to back to back O line? They have nine, but then not another one until not another pick until fifty three. But then they do have two in the second round. So it, I feel like it it would be interesting if maybe they if they really wanted him, they may have to trade up to get him to beat out those New York teams. But do you do you see him being worth that fifty three overall pick? I would think so. You know, I think, you know, there was hope that the Gophers, uh, you know, could get a, a first round pick. It's been a while since they've had it, but it seems like, you know, more mocks and more speculation and, and some of the teams that I mentioned that I've heard are, you know, connected with him more than others um, are kind of in that second round type of category. Right. I mm-hmm. think he's, he's the best center available on the board. You know, if you go, offensive line and in, in with number nine and, and trade up to get uh, another offensive lineman. I don't think a fan base, uh, be too, be happy. too happy with that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think that's probably uh, going to win in the court of public opinion too much, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that would be, that would show, uh, you know, big commitment to, to, you know, to protecting, uh, you know, a franchise quarterback in Justin Fields, but and that might be a little a uh, little bit of a stretch. Yeah, and that's funny because probably uh, two months ago or so, we were doing a podcast and we talked to just kind of a general draft guy and what he expected the Bears to do. This was before free agency, so even you know before we knew what they were going to gr- snag there. But he made a comment, and I was just asking his expectations, and he said, honestly, I think like he's like Bears fans might be a little a little upset, a little bored because I don't I think Ryan Poles is going to go really heavy in the trenches, which isn't super exciting a lot of times especially on the offensive side of the ball and he was like but you've got to protect Justin Um, you want number one Justin to be able to get the ball out to the wide receivers but you also want to keep him healthy and he's had injuries both seasons that he's been with the Bears so far because he's getting hit so much so yeah as boring as it may be and as maybe fans don't fans like a little more flashy um, it will be interesting to see the route they go but uh, anyways thanks so much Andy for joining me I really appreciate it Um, I know things are crazy we're a few weeks away from the draft so things are really heating up yeah i appreciate the time and and good luck with the podcast and and uh thanks for having me on thanks so much have a good one yep you too that's another offensive lineman uh that we get to talk about and i agree (laughs) i'm not sure that anybody would love going you know right tackle or tackle and then following that with a center um we have a few more i have another center that i'm going to be talking about in the upcoming weeks and this is one that we'd probably be able to get in a later round probably not as as to where john michael schmitz is right now but his stealing is definitely similar um so we will get to some more of those options if you maybe want to go defensive line or something in that second pick which i think the bears obviously need to address both trenches so going so heavy on the offensive line early might not be the best option but i know ryan poles offensive line guy last year we didn't do a whole lot um with the offensive line honestly we we didn't even get to see Doug Kramer, um, Joe Tyree. We saw a little bit, but it just didn't really get to be panned out. And the line was a mess. So I, I wouldn't also be totally surprised if they did want to fix that and address the issues that we have on that side of the ball because we're in a league now, bottom line, where you 
got to score points and you've got to protect your quarterback. And Justin Fields is very valuable for us at the minute. Um, So, yeah, again, this is the series on beyond the ninth pick. And we will talk about a lot of the guys who could potentially go in those later rounds. Um, Obviously, we don't know yet who we're getting at nine. So a lot of these may just be kind of guesses because we don't know for sure who we're getting with that ninth overall pick. But uh, stay tuned. The next few weeks, we have exactly three weeks now until the NFL draft, and we'll have these leading all the way up to the day before draft day. So thanks, everybody. Uh, This is another episode of Making Monsters. I'm Taylor.